Welcome to Living Water Radio. What if you could design Christian worship from scratch? What would you include? What would be different? What structure and elements would reflect the worship of the faithful as we come out of a global pandemic? Today we're going to consider some possibilities for the new small normal. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Rev. Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 114 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Martin Luther, the 16th century church reformer, said that as long as the gospel was rightly preached and the sacraments were rightly administered, everything else in worship was adiaphora, that is, important but secondary. That gives us a lot of flexibility. We've done videos on how worship is directed at God. I've quoted Soren Kierkegaard as saying that the question to ask ourselves after worship is not, what did I get out of that, but how did I do? Recently, we've done a couple of videos about how the new normal for the post-pandemic church will be oriented around small groups, and how those groups will be built around the transformational and unifying work of the Holy Spirit. Today, I'd like to consider some possibilities for how those two realities could shape the worship life of our churches as we move into the new, small normal. First, I think that future worship will be small by design. People emerging from various levels of isolation will be hungry for community, and the size and structure of their primary Christian community's worship life will reflect that. People will be encouraged to memorize as much as possible, to encourage open-hearted worship, not reading. It will take place both in small groups that will function as small primary Christian communities of between 8 and 16 people, and in gatherings of groups together for more celebratory worship services. A small group or Christian community can have anywhere from two, as in a personal accountability group, to 16 or so just before it splits into two groups. That's the most difficult crossroad in the life of a small group. Groups live in order to die. I'm not suggesting that all churches will be small. Some may be quite large, depending on their purpose in the body of Christ. A living organism may be a single cell, but it's not fulfilling its nature until it begins the process of growth with cell division but they will be composed of small Christian communities that, that will be their primary interface with the Christian movement and the development of their faith. The location of weekly worship services will change, will take place out of the public view, preferably in places of natural beauty, and will be announced each week by email or text. Worshippers will bring their own folding chairs and maybe one or two to share. In addition to the location of worship, the email or text will include a chapter from the Bible that worshipers will be asked to read so often that they pretty much know it by heart. It will be recited by the congregations, with the majority remembering where others' memory is not as clear, and the pastor teaching it as the sermon. Pastors will serve as the link 
between small groups and will train the leaders. Second, I think that post-pandemic worship will be less contemporary and more traditional. And what I mean by traditional is liturgical. Now, I think that what most people mean when they say they prefer traditional forms of worship is that they prefer the form of worship services that they grew up with. I mean something more specific. I mean that there will be a desire for a structured worship service that is built around the form that goes back to the synagogue service in which Jesus participated and before. Gathering, word, and sending. Only a fourth element will be added. Meal, or Holy Communion, Eucharist, Sacrament of the Altar, the Lord's Table, however you describe that in your tradition. This form has sustained Christians for centuries, and now almost thousands of years, in all kinds of situations throughout the world. It will be scaled for the number of small groups involved, but it will be designed to facilitate the worship of the one true living God. Third, one form might be that music will start the service, there will be additional singing in the middle, and at the end, it will be simple melodies that can be easily memorized with lyrics that have meat and meaning, including Bible texts, focused but not limited to the Psalms. Worshippers will be encouraged to memorize them, or better, to know them by heart. Worship that is held outdoors in colder and clement weather will be shorter than that is held indoors. Worship will be simple, will focus on actual worship, prayer, praise, and thanksgiving directed at the one true living God. A money offering will be received to serve the community and the poorer members of the congregation and will be administered by a board of elders. The community will be encouraged to be generous. Fourth, I think that small groups will be the best way to embody the diversity we experience in the body of Christ. Small groups will provide the best ways for people to get to know people who are not like themselves. During the pandemic, we heard calls for racial justice. I think that small primary Christian communities can be one of the best ways to draw people together to experience the faith that unifies, even while respecting diversity. Even groups focused on a topic or an interest will be established to emphasize those things that unite us and on gaining understanding and empathy with regard to those things which divide. They will be places where Christians and those becoming Christians will be able to put their lives in perspective, though they feel like the world, including their families and friends, is becoming more and more indifferent and sometimes hostile to lives of faith. Fifth, churches have been given guidelines in L.A. County to hold indoor worship services with crowds of people up to 25% of their worship space's seating capacity. We will be at 25% of capacity at first. We will be necessarily small for a while. Then we will move to 50%. Beyond that, does it matter for most of us? Most churches would be thrilled if their worship spaces were filled to 50% capacity every Sunday. As our society and even some of our churches become more and more secular, the centralization of the church will only make us more vulnerable. The hierarchy of the church will flatten, and small groups will be our primary Christian communities. Congregations will be clusters of small groups, which will make them nimble. They will have no property or buildings to protect or maintain, or what property they control will be multi-use in providing income. Many congregations will rent office space, 
and a conference room for leadership gatherings and a small group meeting place option. Warehouses or commercial spaces or off-time worship building space will be rented. If party promoters and rave organizers can do it, so can the church. Or it may rent worship spaces for multi-small groups or be a part of a church with a large worship space. Churches that close will invite collections of smaller groups to take over their buildings or sell them to them for a nominal fee to keep the faith alive or will hang on until it's sold or given to the judiciatory. These buildings will usually not be a good option for a small, normal church. The first Christians met in people's homes, under trees, in cemeteries and catacombs underground, in open places known as places of prayer. All the small groups associated with a congregation could gather once a month or so, and congregations may be gathered in conferences and gathered once a quarter or so, and conferences could be part of synods and gather annually, however your church is structured. These gatherings could also function as training grounds and provide doctrinal and personal accountability. It will take longer to become a Christian and to be more directly accountable in the Christian life. Small groups will be places for formation, as well as encouragement for those whose faith has led them to be rejected by their friends and family. But when people do become Christians, it will be a great celebration. Transfer of membership, not so much. That's more corporate. They will be reminded in their shared lives of the promise of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter, starting at the 32nd verse. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Sixth, we are already seeing the advantages of decreasing the hierarchy and making the church more in the hands of the people. Liturgy has often been defined as the work of the people. Liturgical worship is one in which the people are worshipers, not spectators. There should not be any question of whether people, particularly those who have come to understand their spiritual gifts, feel that they are a valued part of the church. Choirs and Christian education classes could also be small primary Christian communities, as long as there is time to talk about why they exist and for what purpose in the body of Christ, and allow allow time for questions and growth, sharing, and learning. Seventh, our primary community event is currently a worship service. I wonder if it's sometimes just a motif, something to be endured, or a desperate attempt to be hip and relevant, or a tradition that we do because tradition gives us a point of shared experience, but one which has, in fact, lost any real meaning. The primary community event of the small normal will be the small group experience. It will be a place for worship, and it will be a place for Christian encouragement, learning, growth, and service to one another and to the world in response to what God has done and is doing in our lives. Finally, what can we do to prepare for the new small normal? One, pray to receive or to be open to the Holy Spirit. Two, 
Read whatever you can find about how to start a small group, about spiritual gifts, identifying leaders, and staying on track. Staying on track is the second greatest challenge to the life of a small group. And then pray about its application in your setting. Three, speak with your pastor, or if your pastor with your dean, or if your dean with your bishop, however you're structured, about encouraging the development of small primary Christian communities and what you need to get that accomplished. Four, volunteer to be a part of the effort. This won't happen with one-size-fits-all programs. That's implementing someone else's vision for their own circumstances. We need a revolution, not a reformation. Change, not tweaking. A movement, not an institution. Because the Holy Spirit is real and alive. It is the person of God at work for good in the world. We need people who are open to and actively led by the Holy Spirit. It leaves us comforted, challenged, and a bit challenged. It is the streams of living water that forms and sustains the Christian church. The church needs its inspiration. It is all that it needs, and everything else flows from that. Today, let's remember to pray for those struggling for racial equality and for those who protect and serve. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.